Hello everybody, welcome to The Interlude. This is a Keen Atomic spin-off show. Um, joining me, as always, on these Interlude uh, episodes is my co-host, Max. Hello, Max. Hello, hello. So Italian today, old babe. You've been through enough here. Thank you very much. I, I appreciate that very much. Um, yeah, the, the, the tears have stopped. Uh, the depression started, it started to kind of go down a bit. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> just another fifty-five years. Just another fifty-five. Well, it, you know, it you know it helps when uh, when you go to work in in Scotland and you're surrounded by Scottish people who are laughing at you every time you walk past them. So <laughs> that's 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 it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I, I knew you would appreciate that. Um, joining us uh, today on on our episode on Black Widow, um, she's come over to the dark side. It's uh, Danny. Hello, Danny. Hi, boys. How's it going? Yeah, it's going good. It's going good. Um, so yeah, we, Danny has has kindly um, agreed to come over to do um, be like the guest almost on on our episode on Black Widow. Um, we felt it was kind of like a good idea because uh, through the three of us between us have got different kind of um, relationships with uh, Marvel and MCU and comic book movies. Um, I myself a, a Marvel zombie from way back. Um, Max, you've you've got a somewhat slightly less of a history with the with the franchise. Yeah, I watch yeah. them all, but I don't obsess over them. Yeah, and then and then Danny, I'm assuming you're very much like you know of them. Um, <laughs> I've. Do you want me to talk about how which ones I've seen and what order I've seen them in? Yeah, you can do kind of thing okay so i knew that there were the iron man films and i was kind of tempted because i love robert downey jr as you well know if you've uh, heard me wax and rick about him in our christmas podcast um so i didn't watch those i don't know why i just you know waved past them uh and then a friend convinced me to watch thor ragnarok uh and i'm a big big fan of taika waititi um from um, what we do in the shadows days, which I've seen um, quite a few times now, and it just blew my mind, and I really, really loved it. So then I went back to like chronologically watching Iron Man and Avengers and Thor, and kind of I don't know if it was all in chronological order, but it was kind of. I have to say that I've avoided the Captain Americas, all of them. And I've not seen... I've only seen the first one, I think. Um, so when I watched Black Widow, I wasn't sure which... What was the position um, chronologically? What was the timeline okay. on this one? But yeah, that's kind of like the backstory. I'm, I'm, and I've seen all the, like, the, the most recent Avengers because, in the cinema because it was three hours time and why not? It is a spectacle. So, and I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, more on that later. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm uh, Captain America for me. The, the, I I I like the three Cap films probably more than the three Iron Man films as a whole. Um, I don't know about you, Max. Yeah, I think I'd be inclined to agree with that. Yeah. Um, I think the thought the three Thor films. I mean, the first one is probably the most visually interesting. Um, of the of every Marvel film, it's probably the most visually, um, it what's the unique Marvel film? But it's pretty. Uh, pretty boring in places and then Thor the Dark World is um I mean 
it's a bit of a mess. And then mm. Thor Ragnarok really kind of redeems redeems the character where they actually realise that, hang on a minute, Chris Hemsworth is actually a good funny. actor. Yeah. yeah, that's something they realise he's funny. Um, so Yeah, I was yeah, going to say, if Thor Ragnarok was your first one, then it's a bit of a the rest of the series is a bit yeah, of a downgrade because I, I think that's yeah. one of the best. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It, that's why, I mean, I'm a big Kate Blanchett fan, so when, when she plays a villain in a, in a superhero movie, you know you're going you're gonna to enjoy the ride. And yeah, mm. I, I really loved it. And you have um, Rachel House, I think that's her name. Yes. She appears in Thor Ragnarok and she's an amazing comedian um, and comedian. And she, she works with Taika Waititi quite a lot. And and then you have Jeff Goldblum and everything is just falls into peace. And then you got a, a cameo from uh, Taika Waititi himself. And I just, I think that's the best. I think we should have like a Korg spinoff. <laughs> um. I mean, everybody's getting a Marvel show at the moment, so uh, yeah. So you never know. You never know. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, so yeah, that's kind of it. I mean, like I said, um, we've got the three different kind of perspectives. Um, for me, watching Marvel and watching comic book movies in general, especially at the moment, is is incredible because I grew up reading comic books and reading Spider Man comics, and it was like you don't talk about that. Like, you know, you you say that you like Spider-Man, you're going to get beaten up on the playground. Whereas nowadays, it's freaking everywhere. You know, Avengers Endgame is one of the highest grossing movies of all time, I think, if not the highest grossing movie of all time. And that's... And it's kind of weird for me to see. So um, I'm just in it for the ride. I love... I love... I, you know, I went through the dark times. I went through Blade Trinity. I went through Elektra for this. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I've seen both versions of Ben Affleck's Daredevil. Like that's that's how how much I'm I'm into this comic book thing. <laughs> um, that's dedication, man. That is dedication. Yeah, it is dedication. Um, so, uh, what should we go into a bit of what we've been watching recently? Um, Danny, what have you been watching recently? So recently, I fell into the trap of binging on what we uh, not what we do in the shadows. I've done that before. Uh, How to Get Away with Murder, which is a show from like 2011, 2014? 2014, I think. And um, it's a really cheesy, formulaic show, but it just it just catches you and it just won't let go. And you have to find out because there's always like a catch and there's always like the way it's written. It's, it's quite cleverly written, but also kind of formulaic. Um, but it's just it, it's quite intense and it keeps you on on your toes and the acting is quite good and there's yeah there's chemistry between the actors and it's just yeah I definitely recommend it if you have a lot of time in on your hands because you will not stop thinking about it. Is it on Netflix or Amazon? Or, it is. Or is it, it is on Netflix. That's how I I just got. I don't know. I was watching something and it was on like suggestions and I started watching. Uh, the, the the brilliant about it is that it starts with like different timelines so you start with like the the end of of the, of the season of the story because every season has a story and when someone gets murdered and then you see like a scene where someone's on the floor but you don't see their face and there's blood everywhere and someone has to sort of cover it all up because they're going to go to jail if if not and then you don't know exactly who's got who got killed who did the killing until towards the end of the season but then it kind of leads you to that point 
so it's quite like a puzzle. It's like a jigsaw puzzle. So you have a you have a scene from here from like uh, two months later, and then a scene from like two weeks before, and and that sort of thing. Is that making any sense? It does, yeah, it does. Yeah, so it's it's not linear, um, and that's what makes it brilliant. And you like, there's something that someone died, and this is the how it they died, but we you don't know who died and who killed them, and but you know kind of like who was there, and who was kind of freaked out because the police are gonna come. What what is it? What is it like if you were to say this it's, show is like, like that a... show? What's it like? Ooh, it's like Ellie McBeal meets. Because <laughs> it's it's about a lawyer, so it's uh, uh, Viola Davis plays a lawyer. Okay, so there's a lot of courtroom drama, but there's a lot of like back background, like dark stuff. Um, I don't know. Yeah, Ali McBeal meets Hannibal Lecter, kind of thing. I mean, this is the first time Ali McBeal has been referenced since two thousand and two. I think so. Uh... I know. I watched it as a kid. Okay, so you grew up with comic books. I grew up with me, and my mom watching Ali McBeal every Sunday night. That was the tradition. There. <laughs> <laughs> um, would you would you recommend Would you recommend it? I'm assuming is that a recommendation? I would recommend it if you're a big fan of Viola Davis and you like. Shonda Rhimes' production shows. It's part of that scandal and, and that sort of thing. I've not watched Scandal, um, but it's it's part of like that kind of tradition of, of US drama. Honestly, like this, this for me is like almost like a revelation. It's almost like Danny admitting that she's these these, these guilty pleasures exist in her world. I have world. guilty pleasures in my life, and I've allowed myself these guilty pleasures because I've had a very tough couple of months with my thesis that, but which I've now finished. And a lot of other personal stuff, uh, but yeah. now I kind of you know let my hair down and watch Netflix for once. Yeah, you can't you can't just you know you can't just sit and watch the the classic cinema of old and 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 high class London theatre, can you? You have to slum it on Netflix sometimes. I have been slumming it on Netflix lately, so and I I'm not ashamed to admit it because now I'm back in London, I can go out, I can go to the theatre, um, and have my guilty pleasure so i can go to the cinema um and watch something amazing yeah like nomadland and then come back home and watch you know crappy guilty pleasure netflix stuff <laughs> <laughs> okay so, yeah um, any more that, questions no 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 that's fine any anything else any other guilty pleasures or anything serious or anything you know you've been no, watching was that, that not kind at of the it? moment that's well, cool. I've seen, I've actually, speaking on Netflix, I've been postponing it for a long time, but I've actually went and saw two Amy Adams films back to back, Hillbilly Elegy, which was okay, um, although a bit cringy, and um, The Woman in the Window, which was also okay, also a bit cringy, but I enjoyed it a bit more than Hillbilly Elegy because the cinematography and the direction and the acting was incredible. Uh, the writing was a bit hit and miss, but the rest was really good. When when you say Amy Adams, you mean Emily Blunt, right? <sighs> okay. <laughs> yeah, no, yes, no, that's fine. Yes, Nick, that's <laughs> what I mean. Yeah, it was Ikari all along I, I watched. Sorry. Yeah, Max, a bit of context. When Danny was talking about Amy Adams uh, before... No, was it Emily Blunt? One of those two, and I got Stop them mixed it. up. And I keep getting them mixed up, and now I'm doing a deliberate just to mess with her. So, um. right. yeah, Emily Blunt is from Britain. Amy Adams is from not America. Even, 
Maybe Amy Adams and like Isla Fisher or Jessica Chastain, I could understand. Yeah, but, but not Emily you know, Blunt. <laughs> there's this very, very different. One is redhead and one is brunette. Or occasionally blonde. <laughs> right. Um, okay, uh, let's move let's move on. Uh, Max, what have you been watching recently? Well, after the uh the Euros tragically came to an end, I've had to actually start watching real TV as opposed to sport. Um, but I started off, I thought, you know what, I got back in from the cinema from watching Black Widow and I enjoyed it, so I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll check out the TV series. So I started watching Loki. Um, I've only seen the first episode so far, but it's, it's pretty good. It's better than Falcon the Wind Soldier, which I gave up on after about 20 minutes. Um, I've made it through the full first episode of Loki, so it's a good start. It's a good start. Did you, did it... you watch WandaVision? Yeah, I really like WandaVision. And that's why I think I'm preferring this, because it's a bit more... You know, it's something a bit different. I thought Falcon and Winter Soldier was just quite boring sort of action. standard, yeah. Yeah, it was a bit dull. Whereas Loki and WandaVision, and that's why I'm looking forward to the What If series, because it's something a bit different, you know. They're trying, trying to use these sort of TV shows for vehicles for a bit more creativity, which is what I want to see, rather than just, you know, formulaic action. Danny, you were going to say something? I was going to say something. I just... I I I know that everyone's talking about Loki and how good it is, but I just can't bring myself to watch it because I've seen Tom Hiddleston on stage and I just it's that my image of him in my mind that I want to stay with for as long as I can. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just can't see him put, putting his helmet with the horns back on. It's just I don't want to ruin that. Sorry. Okay. I mean, I I've I mean, this kind of goes nice neatly into what I've been watching. Um, so yesterday was the as of recording. Yesterday was the season finale of Loki. Um, I've been watching it week by week um, because, of course, I am. Um, and it is it's probably the best of the Marvel uh, TV shows, um, definitely. And I think it's probably the um, it's up there in terms of if we're talking tiers of Marvel, it's definitely top tier Marvel. Um. So yeah, and I, I uh, I've spoken in the past uh, to Danny as well about Owen Wilson's performance, and I think he's he's really doing something quite cool in it. Um, and the rest of the cast is is really really excellent. Over this, a couple of uh, uh, a couple of actors appear at some points in the series, which are which are pleasant surprises. So, um, yeah, Loki. I, I honestly, Danny, I, I really recommend it. Uh, out of the Marvel shows, I mean. I think WandaVision, six out of the eight episodes are really, really good. Maybe even seven out of the eight episodes are really, really good. And then kind of the eighth one kind of goes into standard Marvel third act kind of thing. Um, mm. And then Falcon and the Winter Soldier is very much, you know, grounded Marvelness, um, which in all honesty, you don't actually need to see. It's one of those shows that it's not going to change anything in the movies. Um, so it's not you know i mean it's worth watching for see sebastian stan maybe i think uh wyatt russell's pretty good when he shows up um and then i think i think loki is is the better of the the three so far um anything else max sorry i hijacked that no no that's all i've i've started watching that now so that's that's about it cool um yeah so um, apart from loki um i'm still going through a community with my housemate um he's it's his first time watch watch through so he is he we are firmly into season three at the moment um so he's very much he's very much enjoying it 
Um, Is he looking forward to season four? I've, I, th- I may have, I may have dropped like the the word that season four is not very good, but um, I have said, you know, I have said to kind of contextualizing everything that's kind of going on. So I'm looking forward to go talking to him about, um, you know, Dan Harmon getting fired and then rehired and then his whole spat with Chevy Chase, um, <laughs> and you know everything that went on with Donald Glover. So. Um, yeah, so that that's basically it. I mean, uh, Rick and Morty's kind of going through at the moment. It's what fourth season, I think. Um, it's it's. I mean, it's Rick and Morty. I mean, I don't think I watched the third season to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I don't know. It's kind of just you know. I'm just watching it now because it's on. So. Um, and then apart from that, it's um, everything kind of tangentially related to uh, 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 Florence Pugh. Um, which I will get onto. Here we, we go. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's a good kind of a good segue. So um, this is our review of Black Widow. I tell people my sister moved out west. You're a science teacher. Your husband he renovates houses. You're thinking about moving, but you're gonna wait until the interest rates go down. That's not my story. Before I was an Avenger, I made mistakes. So, Black Widow is uh, directed by Kate Shortland. Um, this stars Scarlett Johansson, the aforementioned Florence Pugh, Rachel Weisz, David Harbour, Ray Winston, and uh, many others. William um, Hurt. A brief William Hurt shows up at one point. Yeah, that's very true. Um... So, brief synopsis, uh, Natasha Romanoff, also known as Black Widow, confronts the darker parts of a ledger when a dangerous conspiracy with ties to her past arises. Pursued by a force that will stop at nothing to bring her down, Natasha must deal with her history as a spy and the broken relationships left in her wake long before she became an Avenger. So, we're going to do brief thoughts first, and then we are going to go into spoilers, and it will probably turn into a bit of a free-for-all at that point. So we'll keep things as structured as possible for the brief thoughts, and spoiler-free as possible for, for, for brief thoughts. Um, so let's go with, um, let's go with Max. Um, what did you think of, of Black Widow? Yeah, it's, it was, I did like it. I think it was pretty good, but I think overall, having you know not having a release for all of 2020... As the first one back, it fell a little flat for me. I kind of wanted something a bit more. And after seeing the the stuff they can do with WandaVision and with Loki, it sort of felt a bit a bit muted. So I I think I overall, yeah, I did really enjoy it. I think if you know if you're into these sort of films, go see it. It's definitely worth watching and there is some interesting stuff there. I think some of the directing stuff actually I thought was really interesting. There were some techniques that she used that I was uh that I hadn't really, well, I didn't think I'd really seen too much of a Marvel before, so quite enjoyed the, some of the direction in it. But from a sort of story point of view, it, it towards the end, without getting too much into spoilers, it it did fall a little flat for me. Um, but yeah, overall, I'd say you know it's sort of a seven out of ten film, not the best in the Marvel catalog, but certainly not the worst. Cool, um, cool. That's 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 good. Uh, Danny, what did what did you think of Black Widow? Yeah, I mean, I I have to say I I quite agree with with Max. I think it just 
I think Natasha deserves a bit more and better. Um, I know she was not the best Avenger or anything like that, although she might be, she might just be. Uh, she could be. I just feel that not just the release came a bit too late, the film came a bit too late in, in the whole pantheon of, of superhero movies. And I think I was expecting the the backstory of her of her sort of upbringing and training and everything to be more to have more depth to it. I think, and yeah, it just fell off. The storyline fell off a bit flat, and it yeah, it could have been a bit more, you know, effervescent. It felt almost a bit of a afterthought that after yeah, I was just like, oh, let's just cram this in, and yeah, like to have a a mom, a pa, and a sister, and see what we can do with it. And some of the joke, I mean, it was funny at times, but some of the jokes were a bit forced. Um, if we're going to like nitty gritty, just like yeah, I don't know, it it was like rushed. And I remember reading that the script was like the first, at least the first draft of the script was written in like 11 days and I don't know if that yeah uh I enjoyed it of course um the actions the action scenes are very good they're very well filmed and the, the fight scene the choreography was really brilliant I thought um I found myself at times thinking like how did they do that in terms of choreography um it was quite brilliant um but yeah as as a whole it's not Thor Ragnarok <laughs> it felt like it tried to be it felt with the jokes and, and like the cutie stuff it felt like it was trying to be a bit like Thor Ragnarok but it didn't manage I mean a few, few things after you for Thor Ragnarok if we're being honest <laughs> um, sorry? I said few things are, are Thor Ragnarok if we're being honest yes true true um so I mean, I mean, Max has given it like a seven out of ten. What what would you give it out of that? Oh, I think six with okay. generosity in my heart. I'll because... say on my letterbox, I was going to give it a three and a half star, which is would it be a seven out of ten? I had yeah. to take half a star off for that god awful Nirvana cover. Oh I, my god, I... what was that all about? That was so bad. I had to downgrade it. It's so it's real. It's a, it's a three and a half star. But oh, it's I like my ears are bleeding. Please, yeah. No, I mean, I, I think, I think I'm giving it six out of ten because I loved the cast. I mean, I I loved most of the actors on the screen. Um, I I'm a big fan of William Hurt. Ray Winston is always a win, and then you have Scarlett Johansson, Rachel Weisz. And Florence Pugh in the same movie, and you know that was just you know just let them whatever, read the phone book. <laughs> okay, all right. No, us. I mean, that's quite interesting. So we've got a six out of ten, we've got a nine, seven out of ten. So for me, I mean, on my letterbox, I've rated this four out of five stars, which would translate to eight out of ten. <laughs> um, I'm not surprised. So, yeah. I... So I mean, for the I, this is you know it's it's, it's, a, it's a standalone MCU movie of, of a character that you know we've kind of has kind of grown with the series, but she's never been given a, a her her movie as it were, uh, her time to shine solo. She's always been like the supporting hero as it were. Um, 
you know, think about how the line in Age of Ultron that she gives to to Mark Ruffalo, and it's very much like she's talking about her own trauma, and that's only really to use for, you know, Bruce Banner's growth as a character. It's kind of, you know, it's, it's really shit. Um, I think the film was, for me, it was it was very mature. There was some really quite dark themes, and like adult themes in there. I thought I did. I I was on board with the humor. I found it quite funny. Um, mm. I felt the film belongs as much to Scarlett Johansson as it does to David Harbour, Rachel Weisz, and Florence, Florence Pugh. Um, I did thoroughly enjoy it. Um, you know, I I'm loving kind of seeing the big screen Marvel back. You know that the, the you know that the the small screen entries have been great, but it's great seeing it on the big screen again. Um, I think I really like in in kind of like an almost like a hindsight thing. So my experience in the cinema was a bit weird in that at the front of the of the of the theater there was kind of like these preteens slash children in the front, and I'm pretty ninety nine percent sure the mum just left them before the start of the movie, and then behind me about a couple of seats behind me there was these two older guys or two older men who were talking through some of the more quieter scenes which really ticked me off but and it kind of shined a light on the fact that this movie isn't for the kids and it isn't for the older men it's really it's it kind for of shines marvel a light fans. yeah it no i think it's it is it's for the marvel fan but it's also for a bit more of an adult marvel fan and i must say adult but kind of like towards like the adult end and um it really from what i can go with by the themes and stuff obviously you know i'm 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 not a woman but there is a lot of themes in there that are very inherently you know female orientated that's what comes with having a director and a star and um i think one of the you know the the writers or i mean the writers are credited to all be men but i know that kate shortland and scarlett hansen all did passes on the script as well um so with florence Pugh as well she had input on on her lines as yelena um and that very much does come through and i think this is an improvement on say captain marvel um i think this movie is it is four years too late i think this should have been the movie in between infinity war and endgame um instead of captain marvel i think you could have just got rid of captain marvel altogether and have her come on later on but then um, th- you need you need captain marvel for endgame though, don't you well yeah uh, maybe I, think, I, I don't i don't know i think i, I think ag- yeah i would agree if i would agree that you needed a natasha movie before endgame absolutely yeah. But it could have been a better movie overall, and I think Captain Marvel was actually the better film of the two. I have to say. I mean, I'm I'm actually I'm more positive on Captain Marvel than than most other people. Um, you know, you think about the internet trolls online or hashtag Mad Online about Brie Larson. Um, you know, I think this 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 film. Is it for me is is better than Captain Marvel, but I and I think it does things that are better than most other Marvel films. I was really quite surprised about how inherently kind of different it was at the start, um, and how kind of quite mature some of the themes were. Um, 
yeah, so, so I, I really enjoyed the movie and, um, you know, for me it's, 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 it's like an 8 out of 10 or a full 4 out of 5. So we've kind of got a nice, uh, nice spectrum of opinion. How much of that is just Florence Pugh's performance? Yeah. Uh... <laughs> if it wasn't Florence Pugh, if it was replaced with someone else, would it then be like a three? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you are biased because you are in love with her. I, I do agree with you on that though as well because I was very, I, I'd happily watch Florence Pugh with a Russian accent for a good nine ten hours. <laughs> I watch her with any accent. I mean, I I just watched her in in Lady Macbeth, and she's got a bit of a Moore's accent going on, and and you know she's really good in that. Um, so anyway, it's, we're we're going to get sidetracked very easily. Um, so I'm trying to keep it trying to keep it thing. So we, we are we all kind of are we saying this is a recommendation or what are we saying? Are there any caveats to that or? No, Max. it's just it says it does right. what it says on the tin. It just it's an action movie with Black Widow as at its center, and it's an origin story. So, go watch it, Max. Yeah, I think I think it's a film like like we say. It, it does feel a bit like an afterthought. It's almost like after Endgame, they were like, oh shit, we should probably go back and put some more Black Widow stuff in because she never got her own film. But um, better late than never, I guess. So yeah, go watch it. <laughs> It's nice to see her have her have her moment in the spotlight before her send off. Yeah. Cool. Right. So we're, let's, let's go. Let's go into spoilers. Um. So this is your spoiler warning. Everything from now on will be spoilers. I will put a time code in the in the description. Um. To to you know point that out a bit further. Um. So right. Where 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 are we going to go with with spoilers first? Any um any suggestions? God knows. I mean, I've got a few thoughts what? I can launch into. There's not much in the way of spoilers because you kind of see everything coming from like a mile away. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, what's there to spoil? I mean, we all know that she dies at the end. Well, she dies at the end of Endgame. Um, and you kind of, yeah, yeah, they were not her family and there was the Red Room and whatnot. Um, and then I, I don't know what what's there to spoil because you know she was a double agent. And, sorry, yeah, uh, it's just very like the story is not that exciting. Also, surprisingly, I didn't see the the Taskmaster reveal coming. I spent the whole because in the intro sequence it showed Olga Kurlenko. Yeah. Um, showed her name in the title sequence. So I was thinking, oh, that's interesting. She's in that. Okay, and the whole way through the film, I was thinking, when when is she going to pop up? When oh, is she I figured that up? it might be her, and there might and be just the daughter. Book, yeah, I just didn't put two and two together, and then as soon as he said about his daughter, about the explosion, I was like, oh, okay, I really should have seen that coming way earlier. But she must have had about, what, a minute of screen time? minute and a half? Yeah, I mean, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I imagine she was she did some stuff underneath, you know, underneath the, the mask and stuff. But you mm. know, as as per as per Hollywood form, you know, you actually have one Russian in the film, and they don't speak a word. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that you know, as and yeah, Ray Winston speak tries to speak more Russian than she does. Uh, yeah, uh, I had a problem Ray with Winston's the accent. Russian accent. Uh, no, mm. just it no. Was, you could still hear so much like Cockney coming through. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just, I think Ray Winston does Ray Winston very well, but not much else. Yeah. 
Yeah, I just, I mean, I was, I was taken aback because I was half expecting to talk about, you know, in in play betting. Um, yeah. <laughs> when he was on screen, because uh, that's, you know, that's when my mind goes to Ray Winston now, which is unfortunate because, you know, he's he's incredible in in Sexy Beast and, um, you know, he's really good supporting against Jack Nicholson in in uh, against uh, in The Departed. Yeah. And obviously, you know, the many other films he's been in, so. Uh, it's you know it's it's just one of those kind of actors that big name actors that appears in a Marvel movie kind of like Robert Redford in in Winter Soldier, um, you know everyone's got to be in a Marvel movie. Yeah. Yes, Danny. Robert Redford is in a Marvel movie. He's in Winter Soldier. Oh wow! Maybe I would. Maybe I watch that. If Robert I think Redford you should because I think Winter Soldier is, good, is yeah Winter Soldier is top tier Marvel. Definitely top tier Marvel. Okay. Okay. Um, it's a, it's kind of I mean it's kind of like I have Disney uh, Plus now, so I'm going to watch them all. Yeah, yeah, no, I I mean it's definitely um, it's kind of I'm trying to put without get the spoilers, but it's kind of like the '70s conspiracy thrillers, you know, like um, Clute and uh, mm. a Parallax uh, View. Um, you know, like obviously Robert uh, Redford's, you know, in, in all the presidents, Redford, men, you yeah, know, yeah. some yeah. of that in there, you know, one of the reasons why I'd imagine he was uh, cast. So, yeah, I, Winter Soldier so, is, is very, yeah. very good. Um, so, yeah, anyway, um, and, and it, to kind of go on to like other actors and stuff, I think David Harbour um, does a very, very, very good performance for me. You know, he is the dad, isn't he? He's like, you know, he's now just cast as the dad. I don't know. I just, I wasn't sold. I'm sorry. I just felt like the, the dad jokes were a bit too silly to to be. I I smirked, but I didn't laugh. I think the dyna- dynamic between Florence Pugh, Scarlett Johansson, and the dad. So like the scenes were in the they were in the helicopter and they were chatting and they were you know ha- after they've just saved him. Yeah, I think that was okay. That was fun. But then they co- they go to the mother's house and I I was expecting more chemistry when they arrived to the mother's house to Melina. Yeah. Uh I was expecting some more more banter, more spark, more and the only thing she says don't slouch and I'm like, "Oh god, here we go." <laughs> and that kind of it felt like it came out of nowhere like I don't slouch. It's like it had nothing to do with anything else. And then before and after it was quite a serious conversation very dr- dark and dramatic and then you got you get that it just felt a bit disjointed what did you think about the whole sequence in the prison and the fact that they bury a couple hundred prisoners <laughs> under an avalanche in the middle of russia and leave them just all to die, well, and it's th- not really I, I th- mentioned or addressed that, at any point. <laughs> I think that the Russian—I mean, I—I I can't speak for Russian ingenuity, but I would imagine they would have a backup plan because they clearly knew that they were building a prison where there are mountains around them, and there could be an avalanche. I—I I don't know, da- Danny. Do you have? I mean, you were—you were technically you know born, what? you know, near I Soviet have... Russia, so you should have some background <laughs> on this. Uh, but this, I... like, their whole system gets wiped. Like, they destroy everything. They've got nothing. There's no backup generators. It's gone. They're all, all those prisoners are dead. It just, and all it, the guards. It made me think of something that Roger Sterling said in an episode of Mad Men. Go for it. Okay, so... Um, 
I'm Do never gonna. I'm never gonna stop you talking about Mad Men. So go for it. <laughs> Do you remember that that uh, season three episode where the guy gets run over by the lawnmower? Yes. Mower? And then Roger Sterling just waltzes in the office like, believe me, somewhere in this business, some that has happened before. And it feels like somewhere in reality in Russia, that has happened before. Yeah. <laughs> so it just is not as far-fetched as you might think. Yeah, they get buried in, 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 in this like a whole prison system with all like everything. Well, if they don't it's... die, if if they die, they die. Yeah. That bit felt to me like they they planned this whole sequence of how to get him out of prison, and they were like, "Oh, they'll do this, they'll do this, and they'll cause an avalanche, and then they'll fly away." And then I can imagine someone in the boardroom being like, "Wouldn't that kill all the prisoners?" And they were like, "Ah, uh, we just won't mention that. We'll just we'll just ignore that and brush it under the rug." Yeah. 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 Collateral damage. Um, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um what the, so one of the themes that kind of struck me in the film was the 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 kind of the mirroring uh, you know I very much like it in in scripts where they have mirroring of of themes and you have the 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 mirroring between the fathers and daughters uh between you know David Harbour and you know his two daughters as it were and then Ray Winston with his daughter um I mean for for me um you know it kind of shows like how the control of her father can kind of go too far um you know like you know he's just robbed her of like you know her self-control of her free will and kind of just indoctrinated her into to be a mimic and to be better than those you know in 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 the world that are kind of you know threatening her and yet where david harbour's you know he stops giving a shit and at the beginning of the movie and it kind of forces you know Scarlett and, and Florence Pugh, Yelena and, and, and Natasha to become you know independent and to become better because they are without you know that overbearing father figure I don't know if, if there are anybody else had any thoughts on that or anybody else picked up on that yeah I did I, I was I was thinking that it just kind of showcases how how much of a psychopath the whatever his name was the guy who created Drakov. Yeah, um, because I think he originally he had indoctrinated David Harbour's character as well, so he's just like he's the root of all evil. Uh, I didn't look at it from the point of view of like father daughter relationship because there wasn't much of that. It was it just for that that felt fake to me. Um, he's a he develops what uh, David Harbour becomes the dad throughout the movie by being quite silly and embarrassing and letting it all go. Um, but he has to go through hell t- to get to that. And uh, Ray Winston's already in hell because he's a psychopath and he just doesn't feel anything and he just projects that onto his own daughter. She doesn't actually. She's just a robot. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, I just don't. I mean, I think there could be some reading of of like you know, father daughter relationship. But it just you have to pay. You have to go through hell to to sort of get to some sort of good relationship and understanding. And Rain Winston is just too psychopathic to get to that. Um, Max? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Well, I hadn't really thought about it too much. I, to be honest, I didn't give it that much thought when I was uh, in there because it was just a dumb Marvel film. 
<laughs> Maybe I uh, wasn't giving it enough credit, but uh, yeah, no, I, I didn't really uh, pick up on that too much, to be honest. Did, I mean, the, the, because the beginning, the start of the movie starts off with this kind of flashback in Ohio in, in the mid '90s, and it kind of does this. I don't. I mean, I've only ever seen like bits of the show, but it kind of does this thing where it reminds me of the Americans, a TV show, The Americans, and it kind of it it does the the feel of it just feels a lot different to what we've seen in the past with Marvel. And it just feels a little bit more intimate and a little bit more character driven, a little bit more thematically driven um, towards, you know, what family means to these two girls at that age. And we see them being like ripped away and, and then put into like human trafficking almost, you know, pretty much. And then, you know, the, the, the kind of the connotations that come along with that, you know, manipulation and control and, and everything like that. And it's, it's very it's much darker and I, obviously you know the the credit sequence i mean when was the last time we got a credit sequence in a marvel movie but like we're getting a credit sequence okay yes the, the song was a bit too on the nose and not oh, it was that dreadful. great but and the, you know it sets up the kind of the seriousness of all the, the the more mature themes of the movie and it really kind of for me anyway like it it really drove that home Yeah, it did what I I don't know. I just it is quite shocking to see like in the first five minutes to see these two girls being sort of ripped from their home and just apart from each other as well. Um, but I don't know if there there was much more. I I was expecting to be more more sort of resolution at the end, more you know, outburst of of pain even. But they was just they yeah. kind of fell into each other uh, instead of actually arguing and actually sort of more drama. I was expecting a bit more drama in the family, not a I bit mean, of we, a. Yeah. We did get that, and I think we did get that with. I mean, we're inevitably going to have to talk about her because she steals the show, but steals the whole fucking movie. But her performance um especially in that in that scene where she you know they sat around the table and they're talking about how it was all fake it was it wasn't real it was you know a, a, a manipulation you know just to get some you know to to fight for the motherland and yet Florence Pugh is sat there and you you see her Yelena just see her getting more and more internally upset before she has this outburst and she says it's real for me and that really hit me it was just like holy shit you know this she gets it she gets the material she gets the yeah. theme of the movie and but you get that yeah. from the first five minutes that, that's what i mean you get that from the first five minutes because they were it was real to them yeah um but i, I was kind of you know there was there was nothing from the part of the of the parents to say that listen we're sorry you we fucked you up and there was it was kind of one sided from like the girls trying to make their way and the parents being like all goofy and whatnot. I mean, yeah. I, that's what I felt. I mean, Melina for some reason is like, oh, they're going to be here in a minute, and then the next scene, next scene you see her, she's got makeup on and everything like war paint on, and I'm like, what? Did you have time to put a, a, um eye eyeliner on? When did you have time to do all that and come up with a plan? That's silly. It's just like you know, I know. Um, suspension of disbelief and all that. I mean, not every action heroine needs to look like Ellen Ripley and and uh, Furiosa. Unfortunately, you know, now in glossy world of Marvel and and blockbusters, you know, they're all going to look immaculate. 
don't get uh, me started. Um, yeah, I know. I, I, one of my notes was like, is this like Jean-Luc Godard and, um, oh God, what is her, what's her name? The, the girl in uh, Breathless. There were so many close-ups of either Florence Pugh's ass or Scott Johansson's ass or um, Rachel Weisz's ass. And I'm like, why, why? It, like th that low ang camera angle with them walking away from the camera. It was like five times I've seen it, like five, six times. I'm like, enough already. Sorry. No, no, that's fine. You're allowed to sort of be upset about that. It's just like, um, can we just? I, I think they were, they could have been a bit more substance about the relationships in 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 this family, in this very very dysfunctional family. Yeah. I wanted more more sort of emotional scenes between Rachel Vice and and the girls, and I didn't get. It. I felt like I could have. I needed a bit more. Well, I think I think that was the thing, it wasn't it? It was like the the movie was about fathers and daughters. It wasn't about mothers and daughters, which is unfortunate. I mean, I mean, Rachel Weisz's character Melina kind of gets off the hook because she's responsible pretty much for you know the indoctrination, the the chemical manipulation, and yeah, you know, in if you're talking really thematically wise or even you know screenplay wise, you know, she's kind of got to be punished. You know, she's kind of got to die almost, and she's almost like she left off the hook. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's why I'm like, this feels something unresolved, and I'm not exactly sure what it is, but it's just feels like there's no closure. Yeah, Max, any any thoughts? Yeah, I sort of agree with everything said there. Um, I think that scene you talk about with Florence Pugh at the dinner table—that's where the film sort of peaks for me, and it's all a bit downhill from there i think that's yeah. where it's getting the closest to doing something interesting and then it kind of goes you know a fairy tale happy by everything in a bow ending it remembers um, it's in a it's a marvel movie kind of yeah i think it would have made more sense to maybe you know, the florence Pugh sacrificial moment where black widow then ends up saving her maybe would have yeah. made more sense to be a melina and Red Guard's sacrificial moment where they don't get saved. They end up staying behind. Melina realises, oh shit, I've done all this bad stuff. I've caused this whole Black Widow program. I'll stay behind on the ship to blow it up instead of them all just getting away and all just landing on the floor and just being a happy family. Yeah. Um, I think that would have worked a lot better, but I think in general the whole sort of closing half-hour set piece on that massive ship, which doesn't make any sense and is ridiculous, is pretty poor. Um, I still don't understand how they open a parachute when a ship the size of a small city is falling and don't know with any debris. I still don't really understand how Ultron's whole plan is to put a city in the air and drop it and that'll destroy the world. But yeah, a ship that size dropping out of the planet doesn't even do anything to Scarlet Ranton, who's a couple feet away. Um, none of it really makes sense. That whole ship just kind of pissed me off, to be honest. <laughs> um, but yeah, in general... I think that scene with Florence Pugh as the family was kind of where it, where it's at its best, but also left me a bit confused because I, I thought that they knew that they were spies, but they didn't know they were spies. Well, they did. They they did. They did know that, but they because they were so young, it was a case of, you know, that it impacted them more than you know it would if they were a little bit older. If that makes any sense. But did they, did they think that Melina was their real mum, or did they always know that she I was think their mum? She was just their like I think foster mum. I think they knew that she was like the foster mum, but it was a case of like right. if you, if, because they were, uh, from what I can kind of gather, they were in you know this this undercover for for a good couple of years. 
you know, that it was only that. three years of it. Yeah, yeah but years, even so, for for a kid, like for a kid that's six, you're thinking, you know, that's three till six. I mean, there's a it's incredibly hard for a, for a child to go through that. Yeah, I I do think that Natasha knew more because she was older. But Yelena, if you think about it, she was three years old when she started when they all started the program. So yeah. at three, you would not know mm. it more. You know, you would not. Well, also, be, she no. was six. She was only if she was three till six, and she was six when that all happened, and she got put in the new program. Yeah, did she really even remember that much of it? Would they not oh. have wiped like done a mind? They could do mind control, but they can't do memory erasure. Like, I don't think we got. I to don't that know. Point. Or, or, yeah, they technically have. That all seems a bit. Yeah, mm, I mean, I think I was. I think, thinking yeah, too it... much about the the logistics of it as opposed to the emotional <laughs> impact. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Suspension of disbelief. If if you know you have to fit in with the story that they want to do and leave maybe, everything maybe, else. Maybe that is why I'm so kind of more positive on it than you two. Is that I'm able to have that kind of suspension of disbelief more than most people. And I think you have to, that, especially when it comes to uh, comic book movies. And you have the advantage of always finding a theme with movies, which I don't always do. You're always like, there has to be a meaning to this, and I'm like. Nah. Oh, not always. I but mean, you you always know. try to find that meaning to like double meaning, triple meaning. What does not, mean? not in yeah. Fast and Furious Nine. <laughs> they, hey, hey, family. <laughs> There's no meaning in there. <laughs> family There's meaning to, to that. Yeah, there I is family. Oh, I thought the I thought the previous <laughs> one was family. Yeah, but you got you you got to take a drink every time they say family in in Fast and Furious Nine. So uh, as Max found out, and you get. A lot of drinks. Drunk <laughs> by the end. Is it? Is yeah. So, um, all right. We'll, we'll kind of. I'm. I'm just gonna say. I mean, I. I think, like I said, Florence Pugh kind of steals the show. Um, I have made it known in the past my admiration for her as an actress. She is. It honestly, I think she's. She's destined to kind of be. Quite huge, I think. Um. I think this is yet another impressive um, feather in her cap. Um, today I watched uh, her first feature film, uh, The Falling, um, by Carol Morley, um, which wasn't the film I kind of expected it to be. It was still all right. Um, Mark Kermode made it sound a bit, something a bit more different. Um, and then after that, I watched Lady Macbeth, which, as Danny, I think Danny even mentioned it on the podcast uh, about Lady yes. Macbeth being incredible, and yes, it is fucking incredible. Um, her performance is is insanely good, um, and you know, Midsummer, she's she's excellent in Midsummer, and um, you know, in in Little Women, which already is a, is a fantastic film with a fantastic cast, she kind of stands out. Um, and then she's in the uh, Little Drummer Girl, the, the 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 TV series directed by Park Chan Wook, which is you know Jean Le Carre. It's really really good. So I think Florence Pugh, I think she real really really does steal the movie. Um, I think she's she nails the tone, she nails the lines, and when she does, you know the the, the movements of being a a, a Black Widow or, or you know the the action star, she she does that very very well as well. Um, yeah. yeah. So I'm not fu- I'm not fully up on all the I don't pay too much attention about what's coming up next. I just kind of someone tells me the new films out, I go see it. Is she so... in it for good now? Is she fully because right. the, the impression I got from the end is that she she's in it now. She's Black Widow too. She's right. the new like taking over. 
so did you watch so uh, we'll go we'll deep into deep into the spoilers we can talk about that the post credit scene did everybody watch the post credit scene yes yeah right so um joe uh julia louise dreyfus shows up as uh valentina contessa valentina actually i need to get a proper name because it's it's insane um all right so her character's name is contessa valentina allegra de fontaine um she actually first appeared in uh, the falcon of the winter soldier um and you know her first proper mcu appearance was meant to be in black widow you know but obviously covid and what have you um but she Boy. she is very much she has a very very interesting history in the comics in that she is like the darker version of nick fury um to okay. kind of spoil falcon and the winter soldier we end up with um wyatt russell's agent um he becomes kind of like a darker version of of captain america um so and with the implication with with that with that scene at the end of at the end of black widow where she shows um yelena the picture of, of hawkeye we know that florence Pugh is going to be in the hawkeye tv series um oh. so the implication there is that florence Pugh will be a antagonist against uh you know jeremy renner's clint barton and Haley steinfeld's kate bishop um which will be which will be quite cool so there's a there's a Hawkeye TV show coming up. There will be yes, there is. I think it's uh, I think it's scheduled for later. You see, the later on this year, I think it's later on this year, um, we're going to end up with a Hawkeye TV series. Um, we got the cast is really good. Um, you've got obviously Clint Clint Barton played by Jim, Jeremy Renner, uh, Haley Steinfeld, um, who is excellent in Bumblebee and Edge of Seventeen. Um, and she's the one Grit. from yeah True Grit. Yeah, I've seen her yeah. in True Grit. Yeah, she, she's she's she plays she plays Kate Bishop, who is an excellent character in the comics. Uh, one of one of my favorites. Um, Vera Farmiga is in the series mm. as well, um, and obviously Florence Pugh is going to be showing up. So, and from what I can kind of gather, it kind of takes inspiration from the Matt Fraction run of Hawkeye, which I I can't recommend enough. So, if you're looking for a comic book to read. Matt Fraction's run on Hawkeye is excellent. Um, that's me nerding out a little bit. So yeah, to answer your question, Max, Florence Pugh is in is in is in the series, you know, MCU now probably for good. Probably not as like a Black Widow too, because her character is a lot dark. is is It doesn't have the redemption that Natasha had kind of gotten, um, and with the implication that she works for Valentina. Um, you know, we're going to end up with like a darker version of the Avengers, kind of like almost like Marvel's version of the Suicide Squad, almost. Right. If that makes any sense. Okay. Um, Which Suicide Squad? The new one or the old one? Either. <laughs> <laughs> um, hopefully not shit like the the, the other one. Um, yeah. So. Julia Dewey's Dreyfus is in the MCU. I think that was a bigger news really than anything else. <laughs> Yeah, well, I hadn't seen Falcon the Winter Soldier, so I didn't realise she was in it. So her popping up, I was like, I thought it was Melina next to her to begin with. And then I was like, oh, that's not Melina. Yeah, I mean, her, her alter ego in, in the comics is is Madame Hydra. Um, and also, oh, okay. Yeah. So you, yeah, so yeah, but her, you know, she's like a, a, a long-time S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, but then she ends up becoming Madame Hydra. So she's like this 
darker version of Nick Fury, and she has a lot of history with Nick Fury. So I, I'm looking, for, and I know we're going to get um, uh, Nick Fury. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson is going to be in, I think it's Secret Invasion Marvel MCU series. So I won't be surprised if she shows up in that. Um, and seeing Julie Louise Dreyfus act act against Samuel L. Jackson will be will be quite the spectacle. I think, I think. that would be quite amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually I might even watch that. <laughs> um yeah I, th- I think marvel's kind of do- you know doing interesting interesting things with the actors and stuff ethan hawk for example i mean he he came out and said that he's he you know he doesn't like the marvel um marvelness of blockbusters pretty much and yet he's in he's going to be a moon knight with uh, oscar isaac um so yeah everyone's everyone's going to get a marvel movie Except Stephen Dorff, because apparently he doesn't do Marvel movies, not since Blade One, anyway. Who's Stephen Dorff these days? He was, um, you know, he was the bad guy in. He played uh, what's his name in Blade One, the first Blade film. But he was. Yeah, in I mean, who is he these days? With... He's not any. He's. he's no, speech. that's what I mean. Like, yeah, I think yeah, he was in Somewhere by Sofia Coppola, which is I like twenty that years film. ago. Um, many yeah, twenty ten. I think that film came out. Jesus oh. Christ. But yeah, who who is Stephen Dorff? That is that is a good point. <laughs> Sorry, I, don't I didn't think mean. I... Clamoring for his inclusion in the MCU. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm. You know. Yeah. Um. If if we got any other final thoughts, I mean, do you want to talk? Talk? Should we talk about Ray Winston's accent some more, or are we kind of closing up a little bit? I think the less said about that, the better. Yeah. Yeah. I concur. I think. Yeah. Just. We can talk about how amazing Rachel Weisz is, even though she didn't get her comeuppance in this. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, she just doesn't age, does she? I mean, it looked like they de-aged her for that opening. They might have, but still, she Arbor. looks like she's thirty-one mm. or something. Yeah, she does. She does look as though she's come straight out of the mummy. Um, yeah, she's brilliant. I mean, how? How can we just talk about how great the mummy is? <laughs> we can, if you want to. <laughs> oh, that film was good. Good. I think that's yes. I think that might be a recommendation. Like you know, yes, okay, go see Black Widow, but also rewatch the Mummy. <laughs> um, when are we when are we gonna get Brendan Fraser in the MCU? That that'll be that'll be quite cool. Oh god. Dude. Speaking of time passing, do you know that yesterday was thirty years since the release of Point Break? Jesus Christ! I was very upset. Oh. I mean, Max, Max, yeah, Max, Max is sat there in his early twenties, just looking at looking at his youth, going, "Yes, I am young." Point Break only came out a few years ago for me. And then there's yeah. <laughs> and yeah, there's me and Danny me sat too. there, you know, post thirties, just being upset about the impending. I mean, spectre yeah. of you, you can always watch it. It's just it's timeless. Yeah. Um. Cool. All right, I think I think we're kind of I think we're kind of wrapping up now um cool. so yeah that that's kind of that's kind of our episode on black widow done we've obviously talked about the mcu quite a bit which is quite cool um i'm always down to talk about comic books and comic book movies um it's been great having uh max back to talk about black widow um i think i think our next big movie in the summer summer big movies is uh, i think will be the suicide squad oh, um, i'm not watching that no no james gunn Directing a DC movie. No, thank you. Okay, so 
There was my hope of getting Max. <laughs> the was... next one is Dune, baby. Yeah, I think I think oh. that will be October now, wouldn't it? So when's think... James Bond? Is that October as well? I think Bond is October. Yeah, so I think I think Jack we're looking. Where's the French well. Dispatch? I don't think that has a UK release yet. It's Premier that oh. can, but it's not. It doesn't Stop have a, a UK release. Stop talking! No, no, we 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 will not say the c word. I have fo- massive FOMO. Massive FOMO. <laughs> Do not say the c word Next. to me. Um, so... We've got Candyman, uh, Top Gun Maverick. I think is due out soon. Um, yeah, obviously yeah. Jackass Forever. I think we'll be, end up having to be talking about that. We've also got the next Marvel movie, Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, Spider Man's out at the end Ooh. of the year. Eternals is out. Um, so yeah, Ma- um, actually, I'll tell you what, Max, would you would you like to come on to our bonus episode of the Kino Tomic and talk about last last night in Soho, Edgar Wright? Oh yeah, when that comes out, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. That's so October I, as well, yeah. isn't it? Sorry. That's October as well, isn't it? That is, yes. I think, yeah. yeah. I think it's October now. So, yeah, because um, me and Danny, obviously, we'll, we will be doing that and like we usually do with new releases with interesting directors. So I we'll, have we'll such a question, Edward Wright. <laughs> I remember getting a message uh, from Danny saying, Edward Wright, we liked my tweet. And it was all very yeah, exciting. Yeah, I was very, very happy. <laughs> nice. I have such a crush on him. I don't know why. He's just, he's very goofy looking, but I quite like him. Cool. So that uh, yeah, right. So uh, yeah, me and Axe will probably be back um some point, maybe August, September, depending on what uh, movies will be out. Um you know you never know. I might be able to persuade him to go see the Suicide Squad if it's got good reviews. Me and Danny on the other hand will be back uh, next week uh, with our normal standard scheduled programming uh with cat people and ginger snaps. Looking forward to that. That is next week. And um, so in the meantime, um, Max, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Ebo, MySpace, any others? Hulu, Netflix. Well, what's, your, what's, your, what's your handle? <laughs> what's the handle? My name, at Max Maybe, M-A-B-E-Y. And Danny, are you on are you on LinkedIn? <laughs> I am on LinkedIn. <laughs> yes, I am on LinkedIn, but I would not want to be found on LinkedIn. Um, I've actually posted some film stuff on LinkedIn a few times, and it, it got nice feedback. But Good. I'm mostly on Twitter at Kino Joan, and my website is kinojoan.co.uk. Although I haven't written anything new in ages, and I have to get down to it. Excellent. And you can find me on Twitter at Nikesh Chana. My website is superatomovision.com. Like Danny, I haven't actually posted anything uh, on the, on my website for a while. I've been busy uh, writing fictional stuff rather than analytical writing. So I might need to, to put something on there soon. Um, and our we- Twitter handle for the podcast is at Keenotomic. Um, drop us a follow, like, and we'll have you on there. Our email address is at uh, keenotomic at gmail.com. Um, drop us an email, let us know what films you would want, you would like us to have a look at to cover on the interlude or even on our Keenotomic podcast with me and Danny. Um, so with all that in mind, I'm closing out now. It's uh, a goodbye and a thank you for listening from me. Ciao for now. And a goodbye and a thank you for listening from me.